Good morning, Elsie. Good morning. Are we here? I am. You sounds like you're in a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> you I like prob- I have no response to that. <laughs> I ha- I probably am. I probably am. And hopefully, you know, in post production, it won't be so bad. But welcome everybody. Elsie's back in the crappiest um, internet nope. in the world. Yep. Thank God for nothing. <laughs> She's back in North Carolina where internet doesn't exist in her neck yes. of the woods. I kind of know how you feel only because mobile cell service doesn't, like, it doesn't, um, why don't I know what words are? It doesn't exist in my neck of the woods. Like, the one neighborhood I chose to live in is the one that has no cell service. So we have, like, a mobile tower and all this bullshit. So I kind of know how it is. Not exactly, but kind of. Yeah. So it how really sucks. I'm Okay. I'm all right, Um, except that, I mean, before we start, we have to acknowledge the world sort of going into chaos. I mean, hurricanes and insane- You want to just come right out, balls-bearing with hurricanes. Yes, hurricanes and and fires, like huge fires all over the place in the West. And then So no exchange of pleasantries, just right into natural disasters. No, we're going straight into national disasters. And also, you know, waking up to like a massive earthquake in Mexico. So there's that. What's next? What's left? You didn't wake up to shit. No, what I'm saying is that there's lots of people who are in need of help. Like I just thinking like, oh my God, there's so many people right now that are- I think what you're saying is um, the apocalypse is coming. Or maybe that- that, And it's going to kill us all. Maybe. So just, you know, How thinking about feel, everybody. How do you feel, do you feel guilty when other people are dealing with hurricanes, fires, and earthquakes, and you're nowhere near any of those things? Well, you're kind of near the earthquake. That could affect you. No, well, not really, because you're too far west. I'm actually near to the hur- to Hurricane Irma, which at the time of this, maybe I, I might have a little bit more clarity around what's happening maybe. and how it hits I'm me. hoping it'll uh, slow down by the time it gets to you, but plus you're very far west to be bothered by a hurricane. Don't you think? Or no? The eye of the tropical storm is supposed to go right over her house. Oh, shit. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That's what Still, I'm saying. it's the eye. That's the good part. <laughs> That's the eye. <laughs> the eye is the good part. You'll just get a little rain. Were you missing in school when they did weather? The eye is where all the, <laughs> the wind and everything is. That's that? a tornado. Okay. Well, they're, dude, it's, there's, well, we'll see. Well, the thing is, we I can't really comment because... The Until eye is it happened, part I thought when you when when we experience it, well, well, no, whatever it is, because we was don't I know missing? at this moment. We Hold don't on, was I missing? Hold on, now I have to look. Oh my god, eye of hurricane. I have to say that as far as science goes, I only really did well in um in chemistry, biology, and geology and geography those things i didn't do so good well richard branson remains on private island as he faces the eye of the hurricane okay so maybe it's bad no well he yes but the thing is that all i'm saying is that by the time of you guys listening to this there might be a lot of people that have gone through whatever they've gone through and because it doesn't look too good, especially for all our friends in Florida at this moment. I was just going to say, this is the first hurricane where, I mean, I, I love so many people in Florida. We know so many people in Florida right now. Like, so many of the podcasters are in Florida that, that we know and love well. 
And uh, yeah, I really hope they're okay. I would like to actually post something on Facebook that I'm praying for them and rooting for them because that's scary. I mean, it's scary when you have one cousin in Miami and one friend in Miami, but it's it feels scarier when you're like half the podcasting population that you're in love with lives in one place. Yeah. Well, John Lee Dumas made out okay. He made he was in uh, Puerto Sin, Rico in Puerto Rico, and it went by him, and he made it. He was okay. That's because his house is made of invisible brick and uh, steel traps, and well, no, you guys, it completely missed the island. Like it was, I mean, not in terms of like that there wasn't really? any wind and there wasn't any sna- uh, any um, rain and stuff, but it missed. It, Por- no, it didn't miss it, Puerto Rico. Yes, People it died did. In Puerto Rico. Yes, it did. It missed the actual look at if you look at what the trajectory was, is that it just literally went by it next to it so that they only got sort of like the outskirts. So they it missed it. I'll tell you what. I was in New York for a day and it's like I have no concept of anything that's happening now because of one day. I know nothing now. Right. No, we'll see. Yeah. So that it, it missed Puerto Rico, but the islands that it did hit, it completely devastated as in like. Like Richard Branson lost his home and uh, it is destroyed. And 90% of one of the islands, I forgot the name of, it starts with a B, is 90% of the structures are destroyed. It is completely devastated, the entire island, all of it. It's nothing to mess with. You know, you got to get out of the way. Yeah. So this is this is huge. And that's what I'm saying in terms of the way that it's fluctuating. It seems like it's going straight up the middle of Florida, like, like straight up. Like a cone. How's it going? View. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, Voop. but hopefully, you know, and then it seems like I just, you know, one of the women that we were talking about, uh, oh we were talking with. Oh my God, these videos in Turks and Caicos are scary as shit. Yeah, it's really bad. It's not, oh my it's God. really bad stuff. So I'm well, sorry now for I'm the catching up. Yeah. So if it comes out oh, no. here, guys, on this is on Monday. Oh. Hope you guys it's are going doing right for right. the entire bottom of Florida. The yeah. entire yeah, no, dude. <laughs> no man is safe on the tip of Florida. No. And then what happens? It won't show me anything past that. It just keeps going straight up the state, all the way up to basically oh, the southern. Damn! All through the whole thing of Georgia. Yep. Oh my Kentucky. God! You're right. It's coming right for you. Yes. It's not even, well, see, so normally they're on the coast. I didn't expect it to be like land bound like that. Yes, that that's what that, that's why we won't really know until uh, later on scary. to see exactly gonna, how it's how going How will to. you know if you have to evacuate, Elsie? I don't think we're going to be evacuating because it's probably Why not? Gonna, the keys were evacuated. Well, because the keys are being hit by a, dude, it's going to be a tropical storm. But it's just a matter of how strong it's going to be. It's the strength of it. I don't think that there's this is not evacuation mode, but we are in a like, yeah. um, how do you say it? An emergency state, state of emergency, an emer- state of emergency. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. State of emergency in North Carolina as well as South Carolina. And the lake that's very close to our house is being Nashville, how do you Birmingham. it's being um, emptied out by, I think, what five, they're draining it. They're draining about five feet, I think, of the lake to prepare for the storm. Uh, because they're expecting a lot of a lot of water. So. so Sunday morning, it's hitting the Keys, and then Monday, it's coming right for Tampa, and then Tuesday, it'll be up in Georgia, and then Wednesday, Nashville. 
But hopefully by then yeah. the winds will only be like 30 miles an hour. So it looks like your part is between 45 and 30 miles an hour, which isn't that bad. But Tampa is fucked. Looks yeah. like. And it looks Miami like is fucked. so much of that is. So I just want to say oh sorry for to everybody and hope you guys are all safe. And Run! Well, Don't I think that they... Be brave. They're probably, yeah. Um, but Run I wanted away. to tell you yesterday just a really quick Horse story God. of we met a woman who um, uh, is sort of hosting some of her friends that are coming from Florida, and it took them 20 hours to get to Georgia. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're still going to be screwed. Yeah. So it's not better there. It's, well, if uh, anyone wants to come up here to Philadelphia, I'm happy to host you. I think that the problem uh, is that the freeways are getting out are really... Feel free to fly here, you Floridians. If you can hear me, I'm open to you. Come on in. I love having company. There's a lot of people here this weekend for podcast Mid-Atlantic, MapCon, because we're, even though you guys are listening on a Monday, we're recording on Friday, and I get to see Harry Duran and John John. I get to hug my John John, which I'm excited about. Not till 9.30 tonight, though, because he's a slacker. (laughs) And, um... Who else is going to be here? Davey Jackson. Obviously, Joe Pardo. Mark Asquith will be there. I don't know who else. I, I didn't list any ladies. I don't know. Ramona, I think. Ramona, yeah, Ramona I think Rice. Amanda Doherty is going to be there. Oh, Amanda. Oh, she's not staying with me this time. Oh, and uh, your buddies, uh, the fish guys are coming up. One of the fish guys. Oh, my God. Clay Groves. Yes. I'm going to give that cat a huge hug. Brace yourself, Clay. Why? It's because it's going to be a huge hug. Oh, I'm short, so it doesn't leave that big of an impact. You should know that. What am I, hugging your knees when I see you, John? You got to be sitting down for it to make any kind of effect. Okay. John is like a, he is another one of our friends, Elsie, that's like a tree. I mean, I tell you he's tall, but then when you see him, it's still a shock. (laughs) Well, I guess you're not that tall. It's like Jonathan Oaks. Are you taller than Jonathan Oaks, John? Do you know? I don't know. We haven't stood back to back yet. Oh. Although I was shocked with the video from Podcast Movement of Elsie, how tall and how long Elsie's legs are. She's got, oh. she's all legs and no body. <laughs> he was telling me, Elsie, he's only seen you from the neck up. Uh-huh. And so like when he saw you jumping off the state, remember when I called you a gazelle? Yeah. <laughs> he thought the same thing. He was like, Jesus Christ, she has no torso. She's all arms and legs like a spider. I'm like, yeah, she's a spider. She's like a She stepped spider. off a three-foot stage and her, her, her waist never moved. Her leg went I right know, down to the bottom. I know. I <laughs> know. So it was like she was on stilts. It's totally true. You guys, I, don't, I am not that tall. So then I sent I'm him like, pictures of us standing next to each other on the red carpet. And he was uh-huh. like, yep. Jesus, kidding. Very tall. So tall and thin. <laughs> Are you taller than both your parents? You are. Uh, no, I'm not taller than my dad. But I was wearing, you have to same. remember, I was wearing big heels. My dad is 5'9". Five, oh, I'm five, five and a half, actually. I'm not that tall. I'm five, five and a half. I'm totally below average, actually. You're not five, five and a half. You're taller because yes, I'm five, two, and there's at least four inches between us. Then you must I have feel. been wearing five inch heels. Well, that she night was. I was. Actually, she was. She was. That okay. night, she I had was. yellow. She had lemon yellow heels on. They were the hottest shoes ever. Nothing can compare to her outfit shoes. that night. She was so beautiful. 
truly. And you did. The more I see that picture of you accepting your award, the more, yeah, you do look like you're about to start uh, singing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. It's true. Because you look only because of your face. You look very yeah. serious. Yeah, totally white. Don't I, cry like, for me, Argentina. <laughs> so true. So was that all you wanted to say about her? I don't mean to yes, diminish I just, the importance. I just of wanted earth, to say, earth, yeah, I just wanted to say that we're we're thinking about everybody, and and I know that there's a lot of people out there. And then if you guys want to, you know, send in some feedback about your experiences, we'll be happy to, you know, play it and uh, on the show. And if you need anything or you want to let this the community know, you're welcome to send some feedback in and we'll share your experiences, and if you, which would be... If there's ways to help, too, in the aftermath, and you want us to broadcast that, please tell us what to say. And we're happy to, you know, Houston... Like, I've posted a couple times about, you know, sending diapers to Houston. And if there's, like, stuff that you guys need in the aftermath, please let us know and we'll talk about it on the show. And certainly post in our group, too. Absolutely. And it does help if you like clarify because it's yeah, there's so much information out there. It would be really great to come from you guys. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because I, I remember having a conversation with somebody at the Luau podcast movement about that. He was like, I think he mentioned something like, you know, my state is getting hit by the largest hurricane ever in the whole entire world. And and he was kind of worried, but kind of not because I think that at that moment we weren't really understanding the scope of it. And I just thought like, oh, my gosh, now thinking back. Thinking back, like, it's so weird that we were just in just somewhere else, like not thinking about any of this stuff just a little while ago. And our, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that has been impacted by the hurricanes and by the fires in the West Coast and also the earthquakes (laughs) that are happening or has happened in Mexico. So that is it. So before we get into the news or our next segment. I just want to mention SaneBox as our sponsor for this episode. SaneBox is something that I actually have been pitching and then um, I went to try it out because I was I'm always being between the newsletters and the shopping stuff like I like to get newsletters from um, or you know when my favorite stores have a sale like I was drowning in email drowning uh, in the email. Uh, and so Sanebox is something that helps you like organize it all. So I did, they have a 14 day trial. So I did it and it's amazing. It is so cool that like, first of all, I instantly knew what was important to me at what wasn't. And then it put other folders and archive late, like what you can deal with later, what the newsletters are, if nobody has replied to you, stuff that's not spam. I don't know why it has a not spam folder, but then it has like a black hole. So if you put something in the black hole, it'll you'll never see it again, like that kind of stuff. It's really cool to organize your email if you always feel like you're drowning in email. Some of the podcasters that I wanted to do a spot for them were like, I'm afraid to have folders because then I'll never see my stuff. But you do because you only see the important stuff. And then you're like, well, where's all my shopping stuff or where's all my news? And so you, you do actually go in it um, and look at your stuff. So people think that you don't, but you do. And you do have to train it a little bit. Our URL is samebox.com forward slash she And there's actually a cute little greeting. It says, if you sign up for your free trial, you'll get $20 towards a Samebox subscription. It's totally worth a shot for both the trial and the subscription. Give it a shot for two weeks. If it does not make your email life easier, then I will eat my hat live on air. I'll just eat the hat 
Elsie gave me two world-class podcasters hats, and I will eat one. I will full-on <laughs> eat one. All you have to do is tell me you tried it and you hate it, and I'm going to eat my hat on live air. It's, I swear it's that good. It's so good. It's SaneBox.com forward slash SheP, 14-day trial, and then $20 towards your membership. And let us know what you think. I'm curious to know what you think anyway. I think it's awesome. At least give it a shot, yo. Give it a shot, yo. Okay. And so now I guess it's time to talk about the news you can use. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Yay. (laughs) Right now, I I just kind of want to give a shout out to... Ray Ortega for his really awesome video that he put out about podcast movement. Yeah. It was a a really nice. And I think the reason that I put it actually here is because it made me want to do something like that. I thought it was very well done. It was very personal. It had a lot of flair to it. But at the same time, it was really, it, it just really highlighted his experience in a really wonderful way that it was about him, but it was also about podcast movement. And it made me want to create something like that myself. And I thought, holy cow, this guy worked his butt off to make this video happen. I mean, it was like, I think it was ended up being about seven minutes. And that means capturing video every single day. It means essentially what I saw every time I saw Ray, he had his camera going the entire time. I can't imagine how much stuff he had how many how much how many hours of video he had and then he had to snip all of that together to create what he did so hats off to you you guys there's going to be a link in the show notes because it was just so lovely and maybe someday i'll be able to do something like that in the future because it really made me happy oh my god what so in order to watch the vlog you go to okay so here's what just happened while you were talking i went to the youtube I watched a little bit of video. The show notes in YouTube says, I traveled to Anaheim to speak at Podcast Movement 2017. This is the vlog and this is the kit I used to film it. Then you go to kit.com, which I guess helps you curate things. You can show people like what you use to do a project. Oh, cool. It's not. Yeah. So I went to the kit. This is all the gear I use for vlogging with the Sony 80. A6500. All links are affiliate links. Buy all on Amazon. I go to purchase it on Amazon. The camera is $1,400. And then the lens is $1,200. And then there's another lens for $400 and a shock mount for $300. And by the time you're done, here, I'm just going to put it all in my cart and then have a heart attack. <laughs> $5,000. Wait, wait. $5,000 for wow. all that stuff. Five because he had a gorilla, he has a um wind cover, he has a a tripod and an SD card and at least four different lenses. But still that is an extremely cool the kit thing is really cool. That's awesome. It's a gorgeous video. I mean the camera is gorgeous. Yeah. And it's probably worth that cuz I bought a um I have a a Nikon D80. It's kind of old now, but it was like 1500 without the lens. It's painful, but when you do pro photography, that's what it costs, I guess. It's amazing Man. stuff. I mean, it's like it's a, it is a quite an investment to be to you know, to do that. It's not something that you decide, "Hey, I'm just going to buy this and try it out." <laughs> How did he film himself like getting coffee and stuff though? You know? I don't know. I think he had a I mean, I don't know. It seems like know. he has his own freaking camera crew but he didn't 
No, he did it all himself. And I think that there were a couple of shots what somebody else like held. You know, like when, oh, actually, you know what shot was really fun? What, I don't know if you saw the whole video, but there's one where like the camera is really low, which you could see that it was on the floor like it, or something low. And then you have like, I know that it was Ray and I know it was Dan, Daniel Lewis. And there were two other guys. And I'm sorry, other guys, if I can't at this moment remember who you guys are, because I know I know you, but I can't remember. And it was like them walking towards the camera, looking like they were, you know, you know, that everybody walking towards the yeah. camera shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... Here. Um, oh, yeah. That's the guy from Ivy. Yeah, that's my Corey Finneran, yeah. Harry Duran. And now I see Chris Curran. Yeah, I don't know that dude. No, there was only four of them. It was towards the end. They're walking. Oh, they're walking the together. Yeah, they're walking together towards the camera, like towards the camera, right, as on, in like a, a long shot. But it's at at the end, towards the end. And I thought, like, that was awesome. So, oh, anyway. like they're like they were vigilantes of podcasting. Kind yes, of. exactly. Like that <laughs> that quintessential shot yeah. that you see in a lot of different shows. Yeah, he yeah uh, he was very creative. I wish I'd have thought of it. I do. And I wish I could do something like that, too. But I don't have $5,000 for equipment. But, no, but it took a lot of work. But we have Jack. Jack. I mean, what do you mean we have Jack? That's why we have Jack oh, we Blake. Have Jack. Jack Blake is the cutie booty who Jack did our live show. Blake. Is that his name? It totally fits. Yes. Jack Blake. The it is. Super. He's cowboy. Bond. Yeah. Bond. The young Bond. He's like 22. But he's like, yes, so he's adorable, tall, tan, brilliant white smile. Yes. And so cute. He's so adorable. And uh, he we met him because he was following around um, John and Pat and Pat Flynn. He was he was their camera crew. He could and he could be our camera crew for the low, low price of, I think, 500 bucks a day. That's not bad. Mm, num, num. It's really not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wasn't Elsie. That was her evil twin. Who Chelsea. said that? <laughs> so funny oh my god oh, oh my god. damn that's all funny. right so let's uh, can we address a little bit of where you have been lovely because you just went to uh a podcast up front right the yes was it i the went to podcast, podcast up front yes it's the podcast up front number three if you want to um, maybe elsie can put in the show notes what last what number episode last year's was and you can hear me talking yes, about I'll, what yes, an I'll effing that, disaster yeah. it was last year i'm happy to report that they got their ish together and did a very impactful upfront where first of all i think they had the right audience i think instead of the account reps the the advertisers sent somebody who you know could make decisions about advertising last year every network basically did a sizzle reel which talked about how fantastic their network was and then paraded out a celebrity that had no tie to podcasting whatsoever most of them were famous in their own right except for like except for how stuff works they had the chicks from stuff you missed in history class but every other network was like it was like adam carolla and Shaq, katie couric jim brewer the model emma it was so dumb kind of because they were just like hi we have a podcast yay buy my podcast bye they couldn't say anything valuable about why it was good what you know what impact it has what return it has well this year was different almost every network 
had ad reads and samples of ads that they've done and what effect it had on brands. So they talked about what's called a brand lift survey. Almost every network worked with Edison Research and talked about like, okay, before this podcast ad, only 6% had a favorable opinion of the product. After this ad, 63% had a favorable opinion about this product so it was like they could show actual results from sponsorships that were effective and it was such a relief I have to tell you I mean there were literally no celebrities there but it was perfect it was full-on perfect um I would say that the one thing that didn't change from last year was that almost every network brought out some bullshit statistic that means nothing if you're a podcaster and tried to impress an advertiser with it for example the first one to do this was Kai Falkenberg, who's the first deputy commissioner in New York City um, in the Office of Media and Entertainment. And she said that New York City is the global headquarters of podcasting and the capital of the podcast industry. Why? Because podcasting has had 1.3 billion downloads from New York networks and Originally had 115 shows come out of New York, but now there's around 200 shows in New York City. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, out of 400,000, <laughs> big effing deal, Kai. She made no sense. Like, I was just like, and then like some of her other like statements were like this. Who would have thought that New York City could sound so intimate? Oh, my God. Give me a fucking what? break. I know. The scarcest resource is human intention. Yet New York City is now getting, you know, helping you get certification in podcast making, which is the newest form of the oldest medium storytelling. And I was like, <laughs> OK, moving on. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> and then Prudential and then to, you know, actually in, in comparison to that, Prudential, the VP of brand marketing and advertising was being interviewed by, I forget who, about how they've gone from just sponsoring a show 10 years ago to now creating their own shows. And um, it was actually quite inspirational because they, what she said was that they aspire to be what's called a hero brand. Like Prudential doesn't want to just like take your money. They want to inspire people. And she was like, so where can you start to inspire people? It starts with true human insight. So they have a show about bravery. I think it's everyday bravery or average bravery or something like that. And it's actually, we heard some clips and it was pretty amazing. But she also said something. She said, you know, uh, um, I forget who the writer was. You know, the shortest distance between two people is a smile. So she said, and we feel that the shortest distance between a brand and an individual is a story. And I was like, that is fucking beautiful. As a marketer, I was like, that's beautiful, man. So true. You know, <laughs> because because you want, you know, it sounds like Elsie, I can hear it already from North Carolina. I can hear your thoughts going. They still just want your fucking money. You know, like like. But when brands aspire to touch your lives and make there are companies out there. Yes, they need to market. And yes, there's marketing. But most I think I feel that most of the brands that advertise on podcasts understand and really do want to make your lives better. Like if you think about the brands that you hear all the time, like 
Ask yourself if you've ever experienced these brands. MailChimp, HelloFresh, Casper Mattress, Harry's Razors. Like they don't just do podcast advertising because they think it's cool. Use those products and think about the whole customer experience and how it makes you feel. They really, really do care about making your life a little more fun and a little more cool while doing this. Like just the whole concept of HelloFresh as a product is so cool. Like they want your lives to be easier. Like they will measure out your fish sauce and send it in a little fish container. Like it's so cool. Casper mattress, same thing. Like they don't want you to go lay on a mattress everyone else is laid on. You just order it online, comes to your door. Like they're trying to make your lives easier. And so hearing from a brand like in person that does that and their motivation behind it, like I found that very inspiring. Some of the other bullshit, but I want to go back to that. Like some of the bullshit stats. NPR said they had 67 million listeners a month, but I thought that the podcasting share of ear said that there were 67 million listeners like total, like on the planet, like in the country. Do you remember that? I can pull it up, Elsie. I don't don't remember the exact numbers and whatnot. Let me just give you the statistic because either they're taking credit for every listener or... They're making assumptions based on their... Okay, here... Oh, I'm sorry. People who have ever listened to podcasts, 112 million. Monthly podcast listening, estimated 67 million. So that's where they got that number. They say they have 67 million listeners a month. Oddly, that's the same amount of all of them in the country. Bullshit. (laughs) How? How? How, 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 how? Well, yeah. I think more on that, like, getting really just not to say or take away from anything that you are saying, Miss Jessica, but also my co-host for the feed, Rob Walsh, um, VP of Podcaster Relations at Lipson, and episode 103 of the feed really does go into this report that because a lot of the facts or a lot of the data that is being stated here came from like the governor's report from the state of New York. And um, he kind of breaks it down almost line by line and uh, shows you what the actual data is versus how it was sourced because there was a lot of information that wasn't really properly uh, presented. You know, I, I and and there's I mean, I don't know if they didn't really do their research or if they just uh, framed it in a way that is all about New York. You know, that's exactly exactly. That's a perfect example, Elsie. Thank you. But yes, <laughs> I loved that they had actual brand lift. Like I said, stats like um, all of them, all of them surveyed their listeners and learned like NPR said 86 percent of people prefer sponsor messages rather than pay for ad free version. Listen, think about that for a second. 86 percent of people who listen to an NPR podcast said I'd rather hear the ads than pay five dollars to get rid of them. That's something. There's not that many other mediums that can say that. But, you know, then it's bullshit like we have nine of the top 20 podcasts in PodTrack, which is, again, is like, who gives a fuck about that? Nobody. Or here's one I thought was interesting. Public media, PMM, public marketing media, public media marketing, whatever PMM is, they have the best read. Joe Rogan has the best reads of any podcast, the best ad reads of any podcast. That no one listens to. Well, I mean, like, how do you measure that exactly? They said 
advertisers ask other shows to they send them Joe's reads and say, do it like this, which is fine. But like, okay. I hammer that 30 second button, that fast forth. When he starts his reads, I hammer that thing like it's a like it's a nail. Podcast one said we are worldwide experts when it comes to podcast research. Well, again, how do you know? You can't just make yourself. I'm a world. I'm a worldwide expert when it comes to podcast research. No, I'm a worldwide expert when it comes to I'm podcast. A world, I I read all the things that are written worldwide. I mean, what makes you worldwide? How do they know they're worldwide? It's just like, where do you even come up with this shit? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So they were like podcasting. This is my favorite part, Elsie. I know I I think I I tried to send you this screenshot, but I didn't get it in time. Podcasting is predominantly male and we've been fighting against that. And I was like, who said that? Hold on. Podcast one. So I was like, wait a minute. Get out of town. Podcast. (laughs) I just realized what's happening. He's using sound bites. That's her. That's her. That was me. That was actually me. <laughs> that was actually you. That was totally me. It sounded like a. <laughs> That's even funnier. <laughs> this show is a dumpster fire. <laughs> that was actually now me. That. that was. I a... thought it was. <laughs> no, it was, it was her. Well, if John's smart, he'll just use whatever he has from Elsie to respond to me. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave that in. That's so funny. Okay. Know. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. <my> <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't even talk. Yeah, he goes, podcasting is predominantly male. It's a male industry. So we're working on doing more female programming. And I'm like, where did he get this information? Because according to Libsyn, now almost half, if not full on half of all hosts are female. Right. That was like four years ago when it was like 13% male. So he goes, so we're going to start doing female programming. Then he pulls up eight shows all of them are either porn stars or positioned to look like Layla Ali. Like, like I'm not saying she, first of all, she's obviously not a porn star. Layla Ali is very respectable, but they have her all dolled up with as many eyelashes and mascaras that you could possibly. I mean, like you look at, I looked at the covers and I was like, not one of these women are being marketed for their brains right here. Right. And so, and then it was like, um, she's like, and then at the end of it, they go, we're not just making podcasts. We're building a community. Uh, who said that? <laughs> it was the COO of podcast. Oh, no. Was that you? That was, no, that was me. me. <laughs> Jesus. It is a dumpster fire. It truly is. So, yeah. So I was like, they're building a community. And I was like. What does that even mean? Building a community for who? You didn't specify. Are you building a community of podcasters that love each other? Are you building a community for the rest of us to be a part of? Like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, so that's those are my notes. I thought it went well. I learned a lot about some of the... So when we get to Weird and Wild, which we could technically do next, um, we can talk about some of the new shows that they announced which are very cool i took a lot of screenshots of new shows because you can't subscribe to them yet because they're coming out like off book the the one i was telling you about elsie there uh, we'll get to it we'll get to it okay so 
<sighs> news. So there's so now uh, we could talk about Art 19. How much money did they get? Seven so, million, I think. Something like that. So a lot of the podcasters this month or last month got, or the podcasting companies all got more funding. Art 19 got 7.5 million. Gimlet got 5 million. Panoply, I think, got 15 million. They're all raised a crap ton of money, which is amazing. It means that they're pouring money into better technology, more content. I think um, either I think one of the networks said they were um, launching 15 new shows over the next 12 months, nine of which are happening in the next 90 days. Uh, well, Does this piss anybody else off besides me? It sounds like a piss off, Elsie. What? Yeah, part of it is that, and th- I'm coming at fr- from it from a completely different perspective here. The amount of money that's being poured into creating this type of content and supporting this sort of infrastructure is making me go nuts. Can you imagine how much money could be used f- to create um, the ability to connect with uh, ha- different communities, underrepresented communities, people who aren't getting this kind of stuff in the first but place. But they are doing that. No, they're not. They are constant. They are putting the money on creating a- technology to get more ads, to find Wait more metrics. Wait a minute. So you don't know that have- they're not creating content that is reaching under no, no, value. No, no, I'm not and- talking about creating content because the content isn't the problem. I'm saying the-, the voices you're talking about. No, I'm not talking heard. about the voices either. No, I'm talking about actually expanding the education of what podcasting is for people who don't know what it is, which I feel is the biggest thing that people aren't doing. They're just going like, here, let's have another show and another show and another show. But they're not addressing the societal issues around that. They're not addressing the people that can can't listen that don't know what a podcast is in the first place. Right now, I've Actually, seen a couple of articles that have come out in the past couple of days where it has been a difference. Like Newsweek just covered podcasting in a very good way. It's the first time that I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy that you put this out. There was also an article that was really focusing in on um, Wow to what is it Wow to the World or Wow in the World. It's a new podcast for kids from NPR that was also positioned very well for podcasting itself. I think that now if those if those companies really really care about the medium they're going to have to start to do advocacy for podcasting not for their shows not for that stuff but for podcasting itself to really tell society wh- why it's so important why it's Wait. so great I also learned at this podcast upfront that Time Inc paid for a huge campaign in taxi on subways on street corners, like a huge campaign about podcasting that all of a sudden their medium was being advertised all over New York City. I mean, it's not the world, but it's a start. Yeah, it's a start. I'm, I'm, I, I want that money to go there. I want them to start to to work in in existing places where known. it really can really. If help. I hadn't gone to the upfront, if, if I hadn't gone to the upfront, we wouldn't even even know they did that because we don't live there. Right. And they truly do want... think that that's like the the whole world is New York City. Like, I mean, you, those commercials should be on national television, but they're not. They're local. It's it's a local buzz campaign just for New York. I just kind wish of disappointing, but well, well, all I'm saying is that I want that money. And like, if I were in, in a position, like, actually, you know what? That's what I would love to do is to talk to the people who just got all that funding, to talk to the heads of the company, to talk to the CEOs, and stop talking and and really pitch the development of outreach for growth 
growing the industry, not by growing metrics and by growing more shows and by getting the stars, but by really well, reaching out to the community. Why don't you write this article? Write this article, send it to either send it to Nick Qua or put it on Medium so they can read it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's Do like it. it's my biggest thing right now because the amount of money that's out there to even just so, and, and you know how podcast one said about building community. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? What, how are you building this community? What what type of resources are you giving your community? What what exactly do you want them to do Buy your products? Is that building community? Mm-hmm. Listen, I and, want this article on my no. desk by Wednesday. <laughs> I'll distribute it for you. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm, this is just, it's, that's why I got mad. That's why I got angry with that because there's so much money. They have so much influence and they're focusing their attention. I I believe in the wrong places to grow the medium. They're using their Mm. influence to influence things that uh, don't really have anything to do with the growth of podcasting. They are positioning themselves to look really good and pretty for the people who are coming in with money, but they don't know what to do once they get with their money. It's like, oh, we got all this money. Let's just continue doing what we've already doing. And it's essentially recreating existing media models that haven't already been serving us. So why? It's sort of like essentially using the same sort of thought process of what worked with TV and radio, and they're just continuing to to do it in the way that they are comfortable with versus really addressing the way that this medium is it works and and how it impacts our society. Yeah. So yeah, I'll write it. I'll, I agree. I'll write it. Anyway, that's why I'm mad. But anyway, that's why I wrote those articles in there. They're like a one-trick pony. They don't know how to do anything else but what they did in radio. It's failing. Now they're coming over here. And the thing is, they don't even understand podcasting. It's like they're, oh, we got so many podcasts in New York. Who cares? Yep. Podcasts are worldwide. They don't even realize what they have. No, they don't care. They realize it, but they don't care. I've always tried to explain this. It's not a question of being recognized or not recognized. They don't see it as the same animal. They see what they're doing as something totally and full on separate. Like they're raising funding and having upfronts. They're never going to include like the Noodle MX network because it's not corporate funded. Their networks are corporate funded. They're being created by, you know, people who have been in the media for 30 years or more. That's why, I mean, like we're just hobbyists talking about something in their basement. Like it's still in their head, the difference between having a YouTube show and a show on NBC the only way to to um, achieve success to their standard is to is to do a show that's professionally done, like a real television show. And they don't see what we do as real. I don't want to say real podcasts, but Oof. professional podcasts. Uh, you were going to. I heard it. They don't see it as as professional. I just hope they dump all this money in here. It crashes and burns and they lose all their money and they go play in somebody else's sandbox. I that's don't. I don't hope that. I mean, because because think about all the shows that I've gotten advertising for that would have not had it otherwise had it not been for these guys. Think about Liz and Jonathan and and Eric Fisher and and Laura and um. They'll come. They're They're just not these. It's not a lot of money, but it's paying for their editing services. It's paying for their, you know, their Libsyn pricing. Like it's paying a little bit. It's it's something, you know, because it's an expensive hobby. 
But if it doesn't bring you a salary, that is really all it is. We know. I mean, and I don't mean to, I'm not putting down what we do or what anyone else does. But the definition of a business is to have a profit. And if it's not making you money, isn't it just a hobby? What is it? Exactly. So I hope they dump all this money in here and they get their, you know, and everybody says, oh my God. And then they just leave and go somewhere else. And then we can continue to do what we do. And it might not be built, you know, the but, same way that they do. let me clarify do. though, John, even though it's going to piss you off, your business is audio editing. Your podcast is a hobby though. This podcast is a hobby no, most I, of the I, time. I, listen, I, I understand everything. Okay? okay. But what I'm saying is that they're going to come in here with all this and they're going to dictate terms and stuff like that. And we who come in here and have been building this up and, you know, putting our life and, and soul into it, they're going to dictate the terms. And I just, like I said, I just don't, I don't like it. Okay. I just don't like it. And I see them dumping all this money in here and I see them doing a lot of things wrong. And I'm sure you do too. I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, whatever. And then we'll see what happens. I, I can't wait to see what happens in two years. I mean, it's so hard because having just seen all of their upcoming stuff, I know these people are passionate about creating content that makes you think, that makes you more um, compassionate, that makes you more educated, that makes you smarter. So it's hard for me to say, fuck those guys, because at least from what I saw yesterday, like they had finally the right idea. I don't know. This just makes my, this whole, whenever Jess gets into this thing where these old guys are coming in there, throwing all this money around, it just makes my blood boil. Like I'm over here biting my fingers. Would you, but here's what I'm saying though. They really are invested in making amazing content. Yes, it is for the purpose of advertising, but that part isn't their job, you know? Like, yes, they did all these presentations yesterday for the purpose of collecting money, but their jobs on a day-to-day -day basis is just is just simply to make a good show. That's all they care about. There's one, two, three people's jobs in that company to collect the reward. Okay. But for the most part, Gimlet and how stuff works, like they're very passionate about making people smarter and more co and more compassionate and more, you know, and telling people stories and, and making a difference in the world. And, and I find it's really hard for me to see that as a bad thing, even though I think what makes you and the collective podcast community upset is how much we struggle to do the same thing without the benefits of cash and a corporate backing and um, expensive talent at our fingertips and a big studio someone else has paid for. Like you especially, John, like you've cobbled together your studio with your own blood, sweat and tears. You've done it piece by piece. You live with your, you know, you live above your studio. You've paid for everything yourself. Like, you know, you've built it up over a couple of years and here Gimla comes along, raises $5 million and boom, there's another studio in LA and boom, why don't we open one in Austin? And it's probably very annoying how easy it is for them. When you're over here sweating your ass off just to, you know, just to get a new mic or a new stand or, or you know what I mean? Like, I, I know the struggle that we go through in comparison to them, but I don't want to vilify them simply because the goal is the same, even though it doesn't feel like it's the same. It's And it's not like, oh, radio's not working, so we should go into podcasting. It's that, oh, this medium is 
is better. People can download it when they want and they're more engaged and they and they actually like the ads like, oh, cool. That's awesome. How exciting. Look what we can do. But look, there's podcasting now. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say about about the content. I think it's cool. Let's do the Weird Wild Show of the Week so I can tell you about this one show that's so funny. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Show of the Week. So yesterday at the Upfront, they, like I said, they did a bunch of presentations. My favorite one was Dexter Guff is smarter than you and you can be too. And basically it's a hilarious parody of all the what they started out by saying is we took a look at podcasting and noticed that there are really it's a huge lack in self-help and motivational shows <laughs> and like the advertisers the advertisers like didn't get it at first but those of us in the like in the space were like <laughs> you know like it was so funny and then so they're like and so we wanted to do you know there's just so few shows that are people telling other people what to do and so we all start laughing and there's like so we wanted to create you know like I mean he never even said it was a parody you could just tell because it was so ridiculous this guy comes out and he calls himself you know like a motivation printer and uh, anyway I'll, I'll let John play the play the intro but I was rolling it's like so many terrible podcasts all rolled into one um, it's called Dexter Guff is smarter than you hit it John hey, hey everybody Dexter Guff here I want to take a second and introduce myself and my brand new podcast from Panoply Media, Dexter Guff is smarter than you, and you can be too. It's a self-empowerment podcast where I share with you my proven strategies to help you live an amazing life exactly like mine, except it's yours. <laughs> I became a millionaire doing something that I was completely unqualified to do. Sounds like exactly my story, but a little bit different. But a lot of parts are kind of the same. We also need to create bubbles within <laughs> our own selves, within our own thought processes. Not in our veins. That's dangerous. No, no, that, that will kill you. <laughs> Before I tell you about the podcast, I want to do something really cool and tell you about me. Conference of the year. This is going to be fun. In 2014, I self published my first book, How to Steal Someone Else's Passion. That book skyrocketed <laughs> to the top Good. of the Perfect. New York Post bestsellers list. I'm the only guy to ever make Fast Company's 30 Under 30 at the age of 42. And if you listen what? to my show, what? I'll tell you how I did it. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur who this year alone had 314 speaking engagements. I can't stress enough how important the 15-minute workday is. More than 15 minutes and you're just wasting your time. That's work that someone else can do. 15-minute workday. Before I tell you anything more, I've been talking for about a minute and a half uninterrupted, which means it's time for me to take a sponsor break. This is the best part, right? This podcast teaser is brought to you by Springbox. Everybody's got a mattress, but what they really need is a box spring. Springbox is the only online box spring mattress company that delivers a box spring in a box to your door an hour after ordering. That's right, one hour. You can try it out for three years, and if you don't think you're sleeping better, okay. Springbox, what goes under your mattress? 
<laughs> All right, wow. stop, stop, stop. It's so ridiculous. I mean, it is so ridiculous, but I mean, so many similarities into the shows that are out there. That's why I just thought it was so funny. I think his first episode is out, but. Yeah, it is. And I'll I tell you what, you know how funny. Okay, so I listen, you sent it to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm like half paying attention. I'm like, what's this? Let me listen to it. So I start listening to it. I was by, I listened to that. And then I listened to halfway through the first episode and I was furious with this guy. I'm like, he's not, this has got to be, this is ridiculous. Who would listen to this? He's not saying a thing. And then I read and find out it's a parody of all these shows. And then I couldn't stop laughing. But at yeah, first, but I love how it was making your blood boil for like a good five minutes. Absolutely. When I heard the thing about Springbox, I said, how can I get a box spring to your house in an hour? I can't even get a pizza. <laughs> Can you guys just imagine John going, what the f*** did she send me? What right. is this? Who is this schmuck? Right. I was about ready to Who's go give him. I think she is. I was about ready to go give him a one-star review in iTunes. <laughs> so you didn't get the hint when he said, it's exactly like my story, but a little different, but kind of the same. That didn't tip you off. I, I'm telling you, I started listening to it and my head cocked and I'm like, is this guy for real? Is this a thing? That because." Just- and Go then ahead. I'm like, he's a scam. I'm like, this guy's got to be a scam artist or something. And who would listen to this? And then, you know, and then I'm like, I got to listen to the first episode. So the first episode's even more ridiculous. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And I shut it off and I read the show notes. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Now I, and now I feel like a dope, but no, it is. It's, it's hysterical. And if you. That just goes to show you how accurate that shit really is. But the production in it is unbelievable. The music and the way he does things. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's an amazing production and. You know, now that I hear it, I have to I have to listen to the rest of it. So it's good. the intro. Yeah, like the promo. That was, I think, the first I don't know if that was the promo of the first episode, but I love the music behind him is like sounds like y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Yeah, it's all high energy and pump it up. And we're going to do this right now. It's yeah. funny. I just remembered that when they introduced him and he finally came out, he turns to the guy and he goes, that introduction, a little less than what I expected. You didn't go through the full CV. You didn't do the deep dive, but that's okay. It's cool. And he's like, so I'm going to do what I love to do. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. <laughs> so funny. But also, like, he presents and talks that way. Like, while he was being interviewed yesterday, he talked that way the whole time. That's got to be tiring. I mean, it's tiring just imitating it. Try it. It's it's exhausting. Well, that's all I wanted to share for today. I know Elsie has to run and we have to run. Um, this weekend's podcast, Mid-Atlantic. So we're going to see everybody there and I got to go get ready. And I know John does too. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, please check out samebox.com forward slash CP. Also, I want to thank John, our editor, audioeditingsolutions.com for all his brilliant work today and every day on She Podcasts. Um, you can find us at ShePodcast.com. Uh, t- check out the show notes. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at She Podcast, Facebook at She Podcast, and also Facebook's Facebook.com forward slash group forward slash She Podcasts. Um, Elsie, if you're still here, thank you so much for being here today and for giving it your all as usual. Here. Oh, good. I know. I am here. Do you have anything you want to end with? Or no, it's good. Nope. Love you. Mean it. <laughs>